Hey, we are in Philippians chapter 2. If you would, please stand with me for the reading of God's word. We're actually um, in an interesting passage, just kind of where this falls in Paul's letter. So um, we're going to have a little fun with it tonight. So Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 30 is where we're at tonight. So I'll read it for us. Now I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be encouraged by news about you. For I have no one else like-minded who will genuinely care about your interests. All seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know his proven character, because he had served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with the Father. Therefore, I hope to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I am confident in the Lord that I myself will also come Soon, but I considered it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, as well as your messenger and minister to my need, since he has been longing for all of you and was distressed because you heard that he was sick. Indeed, he was so sick that he nearly died. However, God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. For this reason, I am very eager to send him so that you may rejoice again when you see him and may be less anxious. Therefore, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and hold people like him in honor, because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up what was lacking in your ministry to me. This is God's word. Let's pray. Uh, Father, I I ask as we... um, are diving into this passage, a unique passage on a unique night, God, that you would help us zero in, help us have some attention right now. Um, Lord, I pray that you would not only allow us to experience you here, but I pray in our fellowship, I pray in our time and our community together as we hit the streets to go collect candy, Lord, that you'd be with us too. So we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. So tonight, um, as quickly as I'm going to try to, okay, so I know everybody's eager to get out. Um, I want to just talk about a little bit leadership, all right? I think everybody in this room would agree we need leaders, right? Leaders are necessary. They're absolutely necessary. I was repeatedly told as I was going through training for church planting that the first thing that you need to do is you need to really be rigorous in getting the gospel out. The second most important thing that you need to prioritize is developing leaders, And at the same time, we all would say, yes, we need leaders. Think at the same time, we'd also say that there's a shortage of good leadership today, wouldn't we? I mean, from the top of the country, you can look at presidential approval ratings. I don't know where you fall on that side. I'm not not trying to get into that. Just saying it's kind of low right now. It's been low for quite some time, not just with the current president, but for previous presidents as well. So from the top all the way down to the bottom of our country, if you're looking at things like employment rates, we need good leaders. It's absolutely necessary. And not only do we need leaders, but we also need to know what exactly is leadership in order for us to lead well. Um, One of the previous roles that I was in as a pastor, one of my assignments is I had to go collect as many leadership definitions as I could. As I was doing it, I found this theme in these definitions. So I'm going to read a few of them, see if you can identify it. We'll have a little crowd participation here in a second. So here's the first one from the U.S. Army. Influencing people by providing purpose, direction, and motivation while operating to accomplish the mission and improving the organization. 
The next one, the following ones are all from these leadership gurus, so maybe you'll recognize some of their names. Robert Logan. Influencing a group of people to accomplish a shared goal. Next one is Michael McKinney. Leadership is intentional influence. John Maxwell, who's written all these leadership books out there, right? Leadership is influence. Go to the next one. Kim Blanchard. Leadership is a process of what? So what's the theme? Influence. Leadership has a lot to do with influence, doesn't it? So you put these two together, that we need leaders, and then you also have leadership as influence, right? And so when you put these things together, what we're basically saying is we want influence that leaves a positive impact on people's life, right? That's a lot of what we are wanting from good leadership, is somebody that has influence and they wield that influence in a way that blesses and benefits other people, right? Whether it's this, the organization that you're a part of, whether it's the community that you're a part of, the, the family that God has given you, or even a place like this, a local church, we all need good leadership. And what we want is we want this influence that sort of trickles down from this good leadership into the lives of of other people. And as you're looking at our passage this evening, this is sort of Paul's plan for the Philippians as well. We hit this weird point in the letter where Paul's kind of working through all of his travel plans. Usually this happens at the end of a letter, whenever Paul's writing to a church, but it falls smack dab in the middle of the book of Philippians. His letter to the Philippians, he puts his travel plans, his travel itinerary, and all these things, he puts it smack dab in the middle of this letter. And as he's saying, hey, I want to come to you as soon as I get out of prison, he then shares his plans to send these two guys, Timothy and Epaphroditus, to them. And what seems sort of out of place, these travel itinerary in the middle of the letter, we actually find that it's quite strategic because we see this endorsement that he gives of both of these two men. And Paul has just worked through with the Philippians about what it looks like to fight for unity in the life of the church. He's wanting them to express humility and we are to express humility to the extent that Christ expressed humility by being born in the flesh, leaving, setting aside his right as God, putting on human flesh and then going to the point of death in his obedience, the most humiliating sacrifice that you can actually have, the most humiliating death that you can have, death on the cross. That's the extent that Jesus goes. And then what happens here is now Paul is sending Timothy and Epaphroditus to them in order that their influence would seep into the life and the culture of the church. So it's not happenstance that his travel itinerary ends up in the middle. In fact, we see that Paul is sending these leaders to the Philippians because he wants their influence to seep into the life of the church. So here's what I want to do, all right, just very briefly. I want to look at Paul's endorsement of these two men. And as we look at these, these endorsements of these two men, we're going to find four qualities of their leadership. And I just want to unpack those very briefly for us, all right? So here we go. Very first one, verses 20 through 21 give us the first quality. It says this, for I have no one else like-minded, he's speaking of Timothy here, who will genuinely care about your interests all seek their own interests and not those of Jesus Christ. So look what, what Paul is doing here, all right? So Paul has made a really big deal about putting others' interests above your own. 
And now Paul is saying he will eventually send Timothy who will genuinely care about your interests. Very, it's very intentional that the language Paul's using here is so close to the very commands that he's given to the Philippians. Paul is basically saying, Timothy will show you in flesh and blood what it looks like to put other people's interests above your own. That's why I'm sending, sending Timothy to you, because I want you to see not just this instruction, not just to try to put into your visual mind what Jesus has done for you. I want to give you a person in the flesh and blood that's actually going to show you what it looks like to place somebody else's interests above your own. That's why he's sending Timothy. Now, we need examples of the faith in our life. That's what Paul's trying to give the church of Philippi in sending Timothy. We need people who can, that we can look at, not just for instruction in the faith, but what it looks like to follow and live out the faith that we have professed in Jesus. We need this for the campuses that we live on. We need this in our homes. We need this in our workplace. We need this at the gym. We need this at the ball field. We need people who show us what it looks like to follow Jesus in this life. We need good leaders. And that's exactly what we also need in our church. We need people that can show and model and be an example, which is the quality that you see here in Timothy. He's an example. His leadership is an example of what it looks like to live out placing other people's interests above his own. Now, as I as we are in like the very early stages of us as a church, and I mean this with all sincerity, I look across the room and I believe that God's given us incredible people. Like, I feel like we have this abundance of riches in the quality of people that God has given us in the life of our church. I'm stunned by the maturity, the giftedness, and the character that is represented here. And as we grow, look, we need the influence of those that God has brought into this room to seep into the lives of other people. Like, I, I need you, we need you as a church to not just like go about your business day by day, but like I need you to think intentionally about what does it look like for me as a person that's following Jesus for me as a person that's gifted, that has high character, that has maturity, what does it look like for me to place myself in situations and opportunities where my influence, your influence, can seep into the lives of other people? We need that as a church. We're going to grow. Like, Lord willing, within a year, like, we need more seats. Like, that's the desire. That's where we want to be. And as we get to that place, it's not happenstance that God has brought you to our church in the life and the season that we're in because he wants you to leverage your influence. So here's my question for you, all right? Where are you going to invest yourself? Where are you going to invest yourself? Where could God use your influence to influence others for Christ as he builds up his church? Like, is it, your, is it group leadership? Is it serving kids here and investing your life in our kids, our storytellers? Is it investing in building up the culture of hospitality in the life of our church? Is it caring for the marginalized in our city, just being a voice, a spoken voice for those that are on the margins of our society? Like, where is it? 
Like, where's, where's your place? Have you wrestled with this? Have you thought through it? I mean, we've we talked with some of you about, hey, we'd love for you to serve in these different capacities. Like, what does it look like for you to invest in these places? Be the Timothy that you, you step in and the influence that God has given you, you let it seep into the lives of other people, literally being a blessing to those that you serve and lead. If we're gonna get the gospel out, if we're gonna get the gospel down deep, we need your investment and your example in the life of our church. We need you to be like a Timothy, all right? So that's the first one. Here's the second one, verse 22. But you know his proven character, still speaking of Timothy, but you know his proven character because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father. Now, the translation we have here reads proven character here. Most other translations go with proven worth. So literally, he has proved, he's proved himself true, all right? So Timothy has an excellent track record when it comes to his life and ministry and the way that he serves other people. We see that he was saved early in life. If you look through different books of the New Testament, you see that he was saved early in life. He was discipled by his mother in the faith. He was identified by Paul as a uniquely gifted young individual. He traveled and served with Paul across the world. He stood in for Paul at various churches to serve in his stead when Paul needed to move on and continue to advance in taking the gospel to other places. Paul could trust Timothy with any assignment, he was proven, he was reliable, he was faithful. That's the second quality here. The first one is that Timothy was an example. The second is that he was faithful. All right, so here's the question I want you to consider, all right? As, as you consider, like, where you're going to invest yourself, here's my second question for you. How can I be faithful in this place? How can I be faithful? All right, so like Timothy, how can you model consistency and reliability? All right, so I've been in ministry for close to 20 years now, all right? Here's the thing that I've come to recognize. The thing that, you, that the church isn't necessarily in deep, dire need of is a lot of ideas when it comes to ministry. What the church really needs is follow-through. It needs follow-through. It needs people that have that live up to the commitment and the desires that they have expressed in the life of the church and seeing the ministry move forward. That's what the church needs, all right? Like, I've heard so many people that are, are so willing and quick to throw out their ideas for we could do this, we could do this, we could do that, we could go step into this place, we could serve with this place, we could we really try to get in with these people. But when it comes to actually seeing those things take root in the life of a church, it's lacking because the church lacks follow-through. We need faithfulness, we need stability, we need provenness, we need reliability, all right? So as you consider where to invest, look, there's a couple of different types of um, people that I think may be sitting in this room, all right? So the first one is the people that are, have the tendency to overcommit themselves, all right? Yeah, you're the people that want to lead in five different ministries and you want to lead it forward while also having a full-time job, having a family, a number of different life responsibilities that are going on. You're going to lead this thing. You end up burning yourself out, right? So that's, the, that's like the first person that's in here. Here's the question you need to re, be wrestling with. Here's the nuance to that question. Where can I invest myself with sustainability, where can I invest myself with sustainability? Where's a place that I can serve faithfully, 
and also for a, the long haul in a healthy way that I'm not going to burn myself out. What does that look like for you? All right, so if you're the person that you've historically tried to lead out in a number of different places in the life of the church and you burn yourself out and you're like in the hospital bed because you've done too much, like what does it look like for you to do to serve sustainably in a very, a very healthy, long-term fashion? All right, the second one is this. The second people are this. Those that have a hesitancy to step in and serve, all right? Now, these are the people that... Um, maybe for one way or the other, like they have a lot of things that, that they feel that are going on in their life. And so they're, they're very hesitant, hesitant to step into anything because they don't want to let somebody down. And I, I totally get this, okay? Here's the thing. You're human, all right? You're human, all right? Like there's going to be things that pop up in life. Yeah, look, we're an understandable church, <laughs> We understand if there are things that are going on in your life and you have, like there's a Sunday that you need to take off, like it's okay. We understand that. But don't let it, don't let it keep you from stepping in. You know what I'm saying? Like here, here's an, another way to kind of like say it too. Um, for a lot of us that are in this room, if you're looking at the next decade or two, we may be in the place where we have the, the least amount of life responsibility that's going on in our life right now that we may have for the next couple of decades of our life because of the age that we have that are in this room. Instead of stepping back, what does it look like for you to step in faithfully in one area that you can invest yourself for the long haul and not burden, overburden yourself, but do it in a time, in a place, in a season of life where you have the margin. You know what I'm talking about? Like, what does it look like for you to step in and to serve in this capacity in a way that's still gonna be healthy and sustainable for you and know that you can talk with other people that are here that can help fill in if you need to be gone for a certain Sunday? Like, we understand that, but don't, don't let your hesitancy keep you from stepping in. Does that make sense? So the first one is that you, the quality that, that we see of leadership here from Timothy is that he's an example. The second one is that he's faithful. Here's the third one. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I forgot the question. Here's the question. All right. Who's, did I? No, I didn't. I did it. I did it. I'm lost in my notes. So here's, okay. So example, faithful. Here's the third one. All right. Verses 25, 26. But I considered it necessary to send you Epaphroditus. Since he has been longing for all of you and was distressed because you heard that he was sick. All right, so we're, we're not in Timothy anymore. And we're now looking at the life of Epaphroditus. All right, so here's what's going on with Epaphroditus. You're like, what's this weird name guy? What's, what's his deal? So um, he is originally, he was sent from the Philippians. All right, so we talked at the very beginning of the series, the Philippians were the people that have been behind Paul and his ministry from the very outset. They're one of the very few churches that have supported him even financially as he's gone overseas carrying the gospel to people that have never heard the gospel before. Epaphroditus took this gift to Paul while he was in prison, all right? And while he is taking this gift, he fell sick, even to the point of coming close to death. And apparently this news got back to the Philippians and they were deeply distressed about Epaphroditus. And how did Epaphroditus respond to his sickness? It wasn't self-loathing. 
It wasn't like this, woe is me, why would this happen to me? No, it says that he was distressed over the Philippians' anxiety for him. All right, so we've all had multiple leaders in our life. We've had teachers, we've had professors, we have bosses, we have pastors, we have all these different leaders that have been in our life. You know the which ones that you remember? Some ones that cared. Some ones that genuinely had an interest in your life. Those are the leaders that you remember or the ones that have like had such a scarring <laughs> like impact on your life. Those are the two people, all right? But for this sake, we're just gonna talk about the ones who actually care. We don't just need able bodies who fill roles. No, we need heart-filled people who genuinely care for others. Not just like in the church, but just in ed- any sphere of life that God has you in right now. Wherever he's given you influence, that's what people need from you. Not just somebody that's like, yeah, showing up and doing the job is something that, that should be like the bottom like bar. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not like the, the top bar that we're aiming for. That should be like the, the known for us. But when we step in, we're these heart-filled people that genuinely care for others. So look, here's, here's my question for you, all right? Who has cared well for you in your life? Who's that, that leader that pops up in your mind when you think about like good, faithful leaders that have invested in you? Who's the one that sticks out? And as you think about like what they did and how they invested in your life, what it looked like for them to walk alongside of you, the way that they spent time with you, these people, what does it look like for you to emulate and be that person for someone else? All right, now, so look, if no one has done this for you, I, I, wanna hear, I want you to hear this. Like, I, I'm really sorry. Like, you have a lot of worth, all right? If you're sitting in the seat and you're thinking, I haven't had anybody that's invested in my life in that way. Look, I'm really sorry, and I, I wish that would have happened for you. And honestly, you have enough worth as a person for someone to have invested in you that way, all right? Like, I'm really sorry that hasn't happened. And Look, if you've been able to work through this and you're a person that could ask this question with not having someone that has invested in you, like, what would it, here's the question. How have you wanted someone to care for you? What's a way that you've had this desire, this want inside of you for someone that would have invested in you in that way? And then how can you do that for another person? So if you don't have someone to emulate, Think and wrestle with what's this want or desire that you have inside of you, and then how can you be that for someone else? Now, only go to there if you are ready, okay? I'm not saying, hey, you should get over the hurt and pain. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying if you are in that place where you can hear and ask that question for yourself, that's the question for you to ask. If, if someone had done this for me, what's the want or desire that I had, and then how can I be that for somebody else? So first is that you're an example. Second is that you're faithful. Third is that you care, that you're caring. And then look, the last one is this. Leaders are a gift. They're a gift. Look at verse 29 with me. Paul says this. Therefore, welcome him and the Lord with great joy. And look, hold people like him in honor. Look, here's the thing about leaders like Paul and Timothy and Epaphroditus. They're a gift, Good leaders are a gift. Leaders that you can look up to and follow their example. 
leaders that are faithful and reliable and consistent, like you can know that they're going to be there in your life. Leaders who are genuinely care about you and your life and your development, look, they're a gift. It shouldn't be taken for granted. And that's why Paul instructs Philippians to receive Epaphroditus with this great joy and uphold them with honor. Because we don't take people like this that are in our life for granted. Instead, we joyfully follow their lead and we encourage them as they lead us. Look, like everyone has led in this room. Look, isn't it refreshing as you lead and you know that you're investing a lot of work and thought and intentionality in the work that you're doing as well as the lives that are around you. Isn't it refreshing when people notice that and they come and encourage you? Like it breathes like this new life inside of your soul as you're maybe pouring yourself out in this particular place. When someone takes notice of it and they come and they share that and they speak encouragement into your life as you're trying to pour your life out for other people, it's so refreshing. It's like the wind that you needed in your sail to keep going. Now look, here's the question for you, all right? Consider this with me. Who can I honor? Who can I honor? Like who has blessed my life and how can I express that to them? All right, so like, before I go any further, look, this is not a personal plea for you to come and give me encouragement. I'm looking, I'm wanting you to look around the room out here, right? Like, look around here and think, like, who has invested in my life? Who has been a blessing in my life? As even in the short time of the existence of the life of this church, who's somebody that has built me up and been an encouragement into my life. Maybe been an example. Maybe they've been faithful. Maybe they've been really caring. Like who has been that for you here? And whether, like, but here's the thing, all right? So I, I know this is challenging for us, all right? Like for whatever reason, we have a really, really challenging time of going expressing gratitude and encouragement to other people. I don't know if it's pride or it's just di discomfort. Like we really struggle in this area. But here's the thing, it's just kind of high school, y'all. Like that's just high school. Like it's high school that we are struggling to go and share encouragement. Like you've had thoughts, you've You've had these moments with people where someone's done something that's been encouraging to you. Don't let like pride or even like this awkward discomfort feeling keep you back from going and honoring somebody. Like sharing like a heartfelt encouragement, like use details. Don't just like this general statement, hey, you've been really encouraging. Thank, thank you for your life. Like that's, that's good and that's fine, but we can do better. Share details. Hey, you really, like this one particular day, like you came, I can tell that you went out of your way to come and like spend some time with me. And I, I was having a really hard day that day. And the moment that you took out of your time, I know I could see that there was a lot of hustle and bustle that was going on. You're trying to, I, I really appreciate the time that you made for me that day. And just the way that you, like you asked questions about my life, things that were going on, and the way that you listened, you looked at me in the eyes, like you actually took the time and you really cared. Like, I just felt so loved by you that day. And I just want to say thank you. Like, we should, that should be, like, I want that to be the commonplace for us in the life of our church. I, I want that to be like a normalization for us. Like, a church that makes encouragement a normalized thing is a church I want to be a part of. And it's a church that you want to be a part of too. So like, let's do that. Let's honor one another. And it takes someone 
to step out and begin to lead in doing that. And so like, think about the question, who can I honor? Who's the person that maybe is sitting in this room that I can go and bless with my words, all right? So here's the summary, all right? So the four things, example, faithful, caring, and gift. Let me just conclude with a quick little story, all right? So a couple of weeks ago, we had a family that came. They are literally sitting on the, the second row where Kieran and Cherish are both sitting. Um, it was a husband and a wife with two teenage boys. This was the Drury family. While well, I was the lead pastor of the church that sent many of us here from Louisville, Kentucky, and Lyle had served in, as a youth pastor for 20 years before he stepped into his role as a lead pastor of a church in the Louisville, Kentucky area. And when he became the pastor here, the church exploded, right? So it started with about 50 adults that were seated in, seated in a room. In an amount of like three years, the church had grown to 600, like just blew up. And many of those who joined were people that were in his student ministry over the, the course of that 20 years that he was at that church in the Louisville area. And Cherish and I became close with one of these couples that were in the life of the church. And so we were, we were over at their house. We were sitting down eating dinner with them. We were just asking, hey, what was Lyle back, like back 20 years ago, whenever he was serving in student ministry? And while we were hanging out with him, while we were asking this, here's what their response was. He was the exact same. He was the exact same person that he was 20 years ago as he is right now. Here's the translation of what they're saying. His role, his influence, the growth of the church it hadn't changed him. Rather, his influence had trickled down into people's lives that he had served over that course of 20 years in his role. And his influence spread into their life and it shaped many, many people. I would love that to be the story of many of you that are seated in this room 20 years from now when someone's given a report, hey, what was it like? What were they like 20 years ago? Like the, the Lord's using them in these different capacities. What were they like? Somebody's sitting down at dinner and says, you know what? They're exactly the same. The, the measure of influence that God has given them now hasn't changed them. In fact, the influence that he's given them continues to trickle down, seep down into people's lives and affect them for the good. I want that to be the life and the story of you and of our church. So look, where are you going to invest? How can you be faithful? How will you care for others that you lead? And then who can you honor? Let's pray.